The Science Of... On the Money Show. Uh, the science this evening, the science of hijacking. Basira van Sale is the chief executive of the South African Insurance Crime Bureau. That's a, a big word with an acronym that, that, that was psycho or something. That doesn't make sense. But basically, you, you work with the insurance industry uh, to try and figure out the trends, to try and figure out what's going on in the world, particularly in vehicle crime. Uh, that's 100% correct, Bruce. Uh, we are actually looking into all crime within the insurance industry. But we actually ventured further the further than that at this stage. We actually are now a trusted third party to government, having a lot of MOUs being signed with, with Road Accident Fund, Department of Transport, National Prosecuting Authorities, through Business Against Crime with the South African Police Service. So we are doing a lot of work, not only for the, for the insurance industry, but for the people of South Africa. But, but, I mean, it's important because we hear just how disconnected we are in terms of the arms of the law with the insurance sector, with private South Africans who feel under siege and at home in shopping centers. As you stop at a red light late at night, you look over your shoulder more than, more than once in the hope that nobody's lurking uh, with, with intent. Um, the fact that you're cooperating, is it having an impact? I think definitely so. Um, for the last two, three years, we are working very closely together with the police. But I must also tell you that working in silos are not helping anybody. We are, we are, we are going to lose the war against crime if we're not all going to stand together. I'm, I'm speaking about government in the whole and business in the whole. If we're not going to have a place where we have data to actually to mine this data and information intelligence in one specific place to work together against crime, we're going to lose the war against crime. Uh, and are we losing that war? It feels like, uh, particularly in Gauteng, people are feeling under siege, shopping centers, the Apple stores, the eye stores that have been robbed in, in recent weeks, um, shooting incidents in, in public areas of shopping centers as people go in and help themselves to jewelry and other niceties in shopping centers. The unfortunate thing that we see in the last few months is that there's a definite increase in violent, violent crimes um, in the Gauteng area. We can also see that there's an increase in in vehicle hijackings in the greater South Africa, not only in Gauteng. Um, and the, the motivation behind it? I mean, what, what do the studies show in terms of what is the driving force behind that? I, I think the driving force on the, the vehicle hijackings at this stage is we must look at the emerging economies in, within, in, in Africa. We've got we the only country in South Africa manufacturing vehicles in Southern Africa. So we've got the vehicles. So there's an emerging economies out there, there's a, and it's a market-related crime, vehicle hijackings and vehicle theft, because the, the, the three markets that's out there is the cross-border crime on vehicles, that's 30% leaving our country to, the, to a value of more than 4 billion rand. 30% of vehicles hijacked in South Africa. And, 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 and stolen. And stolen. I'll go leave. through our borders. Go through our borders. Unfortunately, we've got very porous borders. Uh, our border posts are also a, a bit of a problem at this stage. Uh, the SANDF and police are on, on these borders. The South African Insurance Crime Bureau provide training to the SANDF on these borderlines to actually to try to, to, to influence them that they can actually start to look into vehicles that's crossing our, our borders, not only vehicles crossing our borders, but other crimes as well. So the training issue is really important for the, the, the SAICB. But the fact of the matter is that you can drive through at so many places through our borderlines because 
fencing does not stop anybody. Uh, and that is, if you've got a, if you've got a particular order in for a particular make and mark of car, um, not much is going to stop you if you if you can't take it through a border post because that's what is policed. Well, you become creative, don't you? Absolutely, and and uh, hence the reason for stealing SUVs, four by four, buckies, single cab, double cab. And, and, and they are naturally going to, to the northern province in, in, in Mozambique, to the Lesotho, to Botswana, to Zambia. There's specific orders placed for Zambia, from Zambia regularly, and those vehicles are actually taken into these countries. And the problem, however, is, is that when they leave the country, to get them back and get them repatriated to South Africa, it is a huge problem. But, but it, it points to massive syndicates operating, very well-organized, well-oiled syndicates happening. This isn't some person remotely sitting in Kigali thinking, boy, I'd love a Fortuna. Um, and, you know, it, it's considerably more complicated than that. It's absolutely true. If we can actually look in, in the, the northern province of, of Mozambique, in the, the Tet province uh, where they do the, the gas exploration, Vehicles are stolen specifically to be rented out to these companies that's doing the gas exploration. Are the companies aware of this? Uh, I'm not too sure if they're aware of it. Because uh, then they're part of the problem if they are. Uh, I, I'm not too uh. sure if they're aware of it. Uh, there's other provinces in, in Mozambique where they do the uh, the, uh, the coal mining, uh, Nampula province. Uh, it's exactly the same problem. But it's so true that there's organized crime groups from outside of our country, working with people within our country, getting the vehicles out of, out of our borders. And it's easy to, go, to get it out of our borders. Uh, explain to me how it works. Give, give me a sense of it. I mean, you've done the studies, you've, you've, tracked, um, you've tracked the vehicles, you, you've got the intelligence um, that knows how it works. And if you yeah. know how it works, why is it so hard to stop? It, it's actually, uh, uh, intelligence is really important, but actually working together, is the most important. People within the KZN area and with the Mpumalanga area and the Gauteng area actually sometimes does not know that the people are en route with those vehicles. The, the, the problem as well is, is that there's bias or, or, st- or people that are stealing these vehicles in South Africa. Then you get drivers taking these vehicles to a certain point. Other drivers will take it then across border. Some of these instances nowadays, the new modus operandi, where they will actually eat a house, do a house robbery, not for the house contents or the electronics uh, anymore, but they will actually do it only for the vehicles. Because of systems that's in these vehicles that you cannot steal it, they have to hijack or rob you f- at your house from the vehicles. I mean, it's, it's such a weird contradiction, isn't it? I mean, these devices that are designed to make us safer, to make it less desirable to sell particular marks of car, um, actually make us more vulnerable at home. It's a bizarre, it's a bizarre consequence it's unf- of, of better vehicle security. It's unfortunately so. That is, why, that is why tracking devices are really important as well. But don't these guys have ways around those? Uh, unfortunately, no, I've, I've told it so, said, mentioned it so many times, Corruption plays a huge role within vehicle crime in South Africa. And that is speaking to, from the Department of Transport to our own industry, to other industries, to the police, etc. So there's a lot of things that's actually playing in the hands of the criminals by just providing money 
to some of these unscrupulous criminals. We're taking your calls on 021-446-0567. My guest this evening is Hijo van Sale. He is the chief executive of the South African Insurance Crime Bureau. I see you put your headphones on there, Hijo. Sabelo in Soweto, are you familiar with what's going on with vehicle theft? Boss, believe me, I'm looking from the other angle. What happened firstly, the, the people to blame here is the insurance companies. Right, why is the that? Insurance com- the insurance companies, they, 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 when the car is damaged, they say it's a write-off, but you find that car on auction, people are bidding for that car for less money. So now ask yourself where they're getting parts. And the, so an- and the answer, Sabello, is? Which means the insurance, firstly, they said when they write off the car, they're supposed to scrap the car, not to sell it again. And then, secondly, the banks, they have to give people the car finances, not to send them for personal loans, then they can afford a uh, second hand car. Then, as well, that second hand car needs part. That's how we did this uh, crime thing started. Sabelo and Soweto, thanks very much for your call this evening. Is, is there an element of, of truth in, in, in that this evening, Yoko? We'd, what I would like to say at this stage is that the, the South African Insurance Association has got a code of motor salvage to which all of the insurance companies have to agree and to be, to be a part and parcel of. But if, if fraud and corruption are part of the problem, does it go to what Sabella was alluding to? It is possible that it can happen. And I, I, I can, if, if I can mention that the code of motor salvage that has been signed about a, a month ago, the new code now, speaks directly to this problem that that he mentioned. And the South African Insurance Crime Bureau has a reporting function, and we can actually go and have a look at these vehicles if there's something wrong. And the main thing is that Code 2 and Code 3 and Code 4 vehicles from the department... What are Code 2, 3, and 4 vehicles? A Code 1 vehicle is a new vehicle. A Code 2 vehicle vehicle is that was in an accident. A Code 3 that was being being, uh, deregistered. And a code four is which is one that's supposed to be demolished. Okay. Now one of the one of the markets in South Africa is is actually the chop shops, where ten percent of our vehicles are going of of, of our parts are actually being used by unscrupulous panel beaters and backyard mechanics. So it is really true what he has said that this can be a problem. That's why we actually have an MOU signed with the Department of Transport to actually see what is happening within the process of, of cloning of vehicles because he speaks directly to cloning of vehicles. 021-446-0567-011-883-0702. My guest this evening, Hugo van Sale, Chief Executive of the South African Insurance Crime Bureau. Some frightening statistics, not only about the levels of crime, but about the levels of syndication, the levels of organization within crime, but also the fact that uh, the levels of violent crime are rising as well. And we've seen it come through in recent weeks on news bulletins. Justin's point is so well made this evening on the SMS line. If our borders are so porous, then how will the new visa regulations from home affairs make us safer sounds like another instance of making life difficult for law-abiding people while doing little to address the real problem tick 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 justin on that particular point uh bongani and midrand a great question from you this evening hello bongani yes hi uh bruce i've just got uh, two questions if we know that the vehicles are in northern uh, or in the northern province of uh, namibia why can't we go there and check the VIN numbers and uh, claim Great. because it yeah. belongs to us? 
The second question would be, uh, he mentioned that the visiting speaker mentioned that people take these cars out of South Africa. Is it now dangerous to travel to Botswana or Namibia on your SUV? Uh, that's what I would like to know. Thank you, Bongani Midrand. Uh, let's do the first, que- second question first. Um, You've you got to get documentation, don't you, to take a vehicle across borders nowadays from South Africa, even if it is your own vehicle. The the um, the banks have got an uh, um, um, regulation in place where people have to get a bank letter when the vehicle is financed. The insurance companies uh, do not have something similar, uh, but what they normally tell the people is to take uh, your um, registration papers with you. Because you are going to be suspected of theft um, based on the fact that there are 30% of vehicles stolen in South Africa are yeah. making their way across borders. That is, that is true, uh, but uh, I think uh, I've spoken to, to the SAPs uh, not not too long ago that they want to have something similar for the insurance industry as what the banking industry is doing. So uh, we will we will um, have a discussion soon on that. Okay, okay, and then if you know where the vehicles are, um, and you mentioned Nampula province in northern Namibia, um, why not just simply go there and check out the VIN numbers? Uh, there's uh, cross-border operations being taken place with the International Vehicle Crime um, um, uh, Unit uh, of the police, and uh, these operations do take place. Um, uh, in some instances, uh, private uh, companies are also going with the police to, to, to actually to go and identify these vehicles. I'm aware of the fact that uh, some of our tracking companies are starting to do some similar business within Mozambique to track our vehicles there. Uh, and then Kahiso on on that point in Pretoria. Hello, Kahiso. You want to talk about trackers? Kahiso. Well, we've lost Kahiso. Kahiso says, "What happens if a, if a tracker is disabled? I mean, you 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 go to somebody's home uh, and you're now in their home, and you say to them, i 'I'd like to take your car, please, please disable the tracker.' Chances are you're likely to be terribly cooperative. Um, the tracking device then is useless, isn't it? Can I actually uh, mention a new modus operandi at this stage, where people will the, the criminals will actually take the victim, hold the gun against, against his head. Uh, two or three other guys will take the vehicle away. Uh, they will then have a look for the, for the tracking device. They will then call back to the people that's detaining the victim and tell them that they can now release the guy because they've got the tracking system out. So what's the point of having a tracking system then? Uh, at the end of the day, thousands of vehicles has been, has okay. been recovered uh, with the tracking devices. And many, many thousands of, of criminals has been arrested uh, through through the working relationship with the SEPs and and other people. But the systems again, the, the systems are working. But you again, you defend yourself. You do the right thing. You then run additional risk. Should you be caught in that unfortunate circumstance, where you are you being held to ransom for your life at that particular point? It is unfortunately so that it yeah. happened at this stage. But oh. I I must tell you that. The relationship with the police and, and the tracking companies are really working quite well. And the number of arrests being made in the last few years are really... But really if, we, if we're making arrests, we're not cracking the syndicates, though. Are we, are we catching the soldiers? Um, we're not catching the generals? Uh, I think that we are at this stage very good in catching the soldiers. Uh, we are working closely together with the police with, uh, with uh, target-driven investigations to get to the, to the, to the bosses. So unfortunately, a lot of the time, a lot of the bosses are sitting outside. Yeah. So uh, that is that is that's proven to be difficult. Mm. But uh, there's a lot of ways to deal with that. Kathy and Bryanston this evening. Hello, Kathy. Hi, Bruce. 
Um, I just wanted to say that I agree with some of your previous callers in the sense of the fact that there are definitely syndicates. And the example that I used that happened to me personally was um, my number plate was duplicated whilst my car was in a BMW-approved as well as insurer-approved panel beater. And um, they then went and matched my number plate to an exact vehicle and committed a kidnapping and rape. And then I had the police after me. And to then go and prove my innocence um, just proves the fact that the systems don't actually speak to one another. I had to register um, or, you know, deregister and register my vehicle again at Bompenten, only to find that I then had to go to Randburg to actually get yeah. new license plates and discs. And I just thought, um, you know, it's one thing if we're trying to catch the soldiers, but they actually know that there's a massive loophole in the system. Kathy O'Brienson, I'm sorry that you went through that, but uh, thank you for your call this evening. Is that common? I think it's it's common at this stage. One of our big problems at this stage is that where um, people actually take their vehicles to panel beating shops and wash bays and uh, dealer dealer floors uh, for minor repairs on their vehicles, and then uh, these criminals will t- actually take over the role or the, the identity of the owner of that vehicle, and then take that vehicle from the floor by actually proving that they the, the the owner of that vehicle. Another thing is that social media is a problem. But Why is social media a problem? People must be aware to, to actually to place things on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Anything in, that can in, identify the specifics of a motor car. Yeah, um, what, what actually happened previously, and, and we, we see it quite often now, it's, it's happening, happening more often now, uh, a person will actually tell, uh, will put it on his, his Facebook uh, page that he's got a problem with the sunroof of his vehicle. And then from the, the original website of that, of that manufacturer, he will receive a mail we was will be told that uh, he they will come and collect his vehicle and repair it for free. Lo and behold, it's the criminal that's coming mm. to collect your vehicle. What cars are most vulnerable? Lots of questions coming through this evening uh, about that. I'm going to answer the, the question in this way. The most popular vehicles that we are selling in South Africa are the most popular vehicles that's been stolen and hijacked. That's ironic, isn't it? I mean, the, uh, uh, but why not disclose the, the makes and the models? I, I rather would not uh, like to do that, uh, Bruce. Uh, but if I want to research it and I want to be less likely um, to, to find myself a victim of car, of car theft, I need to go and find the French cars <laughs> because uh, very few, for example, of those might be, might be sold in South Africa. They would be more noticeable on the roads. Therefore, they would be less likely to be stolen. Yeah, hypothetically. That, yeah, the, the only thing that I can say is that our, our SUVs and our, our more expensive vehicles are more prone to be stolen, although the vehicles that are staying in South Africa as cloned vehicles are sometimes more of the, of the, of the lower-end vehicles. Uh, important, Winterfeld and others saying you didn't mention Zimbabwe as part of the, the route network. Um, I I'm, just, I'm I, I've, I've just okay. mentioned a few examples, but I can mention all of the Saudi countries around us. They will, they will en route to Zambia, to Mozambique. Where's to the biggest market for South African cars? Uh, the biggest market in South Africa is in our own country. No, no, but uh, the 30% that get exported, where do they go? What is the, where the highest number go? You're making it difficult for me to answer you. But I would, I would like to suggest that, that, that Zambia and Mozambique are, uh, are one of our, our, our biggest problems. There we go. Hugo van Sel, the chief executive of the South African Insurance Crime Bureau, this evening some terrifying stats on vehicle theft.